All right, let's do this one last time. My name is Drew Dodger, and for the last couple months, I've been doing a podcast with my good buddy, Jacob Heron. While we love film in general, with us being artists and all, we have a fascination with animation, and we decided to start an audio podcast after we both geeked out over the animated Transformers movie. We're not perfect, we've gotten names wrong, and we don't always agree on movies. But at the end of the day, we try to bring an informative and entertaining show to you all. And we'd like to welcome you to The Cellcast. Hello and welcome to our one year anniversary episode of The Cellcast. Joining me this, uh... After this evening, afternoon, day, whatever time of day you listen to, the, to us, is my good buddy, a man who uh, was just feeling a little loony, Jacob. Why, thank you, and like introduce our co-host, a man, just like Detective Eddie Valant, trying to get down to the bottom of it. Welcome, Drew. How are you doing uh, this week, Jacob? Man, it's been a very interesting day, few days, actually. Just the... Uh, have you ever, we, we've all, we all goof up, right? We all make mistakes and we, yeah, that's yeah, part of being human. Right. Exactly. So be like, I text somebody about a uh, upcoming party and ask me, okay, where's it going to be? Where's this, uh, Hey, where's the party going to be at? And he gives the locations. Okay. So I know this party is going to be here, but why is there a party here? And so, okay. And it's like, oh, okay. And so I got the impression that I was not invited to this party. Bum, bum, yeah, sad, right? And so I spent the like next hour and a half cleaning and being depressed and just feeling just all kinds of just bummed out about things, right? Mm-hmm. So I finally get up the call because it's a Christian thing to do is call yeah. them and ask for forgiveness because you got angry w- with them at yourself. Right. And uh, yeah, so I give him a call. So and so I call him and explain it, and he's all confused. It's like, what are you talking about? And so it takes like another few minutes. I'm up. I'm just fuming at myself. I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I'm not being very. And the thing is context here. So it finally gets around that we were both. We were talking about two different things. Ah, yeah. He thought I was talking about this party when I was talking about the other party. So there was this so it's just parties all around. Yeah, it was parties all around. I like to party all the time, party all the time. Yeah, <laughs> the one Eddie Murphy song. Anyway, ah, uh, so don't ask me why I know that. I got you. So yeah, there was a lot of confusion, and for me, it takes me a little bit of time to get you know down from being frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so this morning, get get to work and and uh, how we kind of we we put something on Facebook or put it on social media that it's oh yeah be like just generally curious i'm I'm a very curious person about things so i'll ask questions and i feel like i stepped into a very large hole you did on this one (laughs) i did you did i did so i posted something about uh asking women in general that about about that if if uh Say if you're 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 dating a guy if you're dating a guy who has a low self esteem, be like, is he you know he's is he non attractive or you know non dating material? Mm-hmm. And I got a flurry of responses that kind of made me feel like I'm itty bitty right now. Well, <laughs> here's the thing: 
You remember how you mentioned context? Yes, yes. You failed to consider the context you yourself were in. Yes. Because (laughs) both of us are single men in our 30s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you ask this question about are men with low self-esteem and low confidence uh, datable? Yeah. Yeah, be like, I had that context. I had what that context. Point did it not come to your mind <laughs> that people would think you were depressed? Yeah, it's, I yeah, mean, I, know I, com- I didn't think about that. <laughs> I know we're coming up on Singles Awareness Day, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite get that until I started reading later on. It's like, oh, you need to read this book and blah blah blah. blah. It's like, no, I'm not depressed. I'm just curious. <laughs> you. I still do rabbit hole without understanding the full context of what people you were saying. Left the wrong lines for people to read between. Is what yes. it comes down yeah. There to. we go. There we go. Because I, that's how I read between the lines. It's like, okay, is he already is he depressed? And I just don't know it yet, or <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, either way, yeah, it's been a very interesting night and a half <laughs> a full day <laughs> either way it's, it's been very interesting to being like very confused and not having not putting the full context and everything yeah so yeah that's been me how about you i've been all right i've uh i've come up with a creative project idea to do yeah Same i here. put it on hold yeah because it's like well i can't do it before such and such date simply because that's a lot of work to do in a weekend right I, and then i put it off Till a date that made more sense that would be long after this first thing would be done. Right. And I ended up deciding, well, I re- that's not really a wise use of my time. So now that's on hold indefinitely. Right. Maybe a year. I don't know. And I'm looking at perhaps a different creative project, but I got to wait till I can actually purchase an item. I got gotcha. I give that a shot. And let's face it, the week before and the week after the first of the month ain't the time to spend money. No, it's not. <laughs> on, no, it's not. On uh, frivolities and yeah, hobbies. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, I'm kind of going back a little bit because I had forgotten that I, I'm actually working on a project. Yeah. It's something I've been working on for a while and uh, just trying to get off the ground because I'm just kind of, I'm tired of sitting on my hands with, yeah. with the project and kind of, you know waiting in the water just be like if i don't jump on this now be like when am i ever going to jump on it mm-hmm. or you know just you know get out there in the water kind of like peter and just you know have faith enough to the you know yes but peter looked down and yes fell exactly that's fell in. <laughs> fell so in. that might not be the best al- uh, yeah i know allergy? i know no, I'm an analogy allegory. analogy that's the word i'm looking yeah. for. yeah but you know what i mean i know what you mean dude so, yeah, that's been what I've been doing outside of playing a little catch-up on a couple other things. And my week's been rather yeah, steady, I guess yeah. is the right term for it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much where I've been. What have you been watching? Uh, what have I been watching? As I toss my phone. Good job. Yeah. So, what have I been watching? All right. So, for some reason, I've gotten on a Gundam kick for some reason. A Gundam kick. Yeah, not picking up a gun, gun and kicking it. No, Gundam kick. No, I just <laughs> thought you had a perhaps had a, a little a gun ply of some Gundam you put together and you gave it a nice good kick. <laughs> oh, I, I would be so upset about that. It's not even funny. <laughs> I mean, it would be an accident, obviously. Yes. But yes, but uh, I stumbled across on YouTube uh-huh. the entire 
uh, OVA of, if I get this right, Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. <laughs> ah, yeah, that apparently takes during the, the one-year war, during the, uh, uh, I can't remember what, but it's really good. I've gotten into, I think it's episode four, four or five. Mm-hmm. Really, it's like 12 episodes. And it's considered, an, I think it's an OVA or a series, I can't remember which. Yeah. But uh, I really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And for someone, their first real experience into Gundam was Gundam Wing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there's a lot of people who don't like Gundam Wing. And, but when you're introduced to a series that, be like, for crying out loud, I had the entire series on DVD, including the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's a series that holds a very special place in my heart. And I'm just kind of stretching out, seeing what else is there in this multitude of Gundam franchise. Mm-hmm. And so I like it. It's a lot of fun. Okay. What have you watching? Well, as you know, I am a Trekkie. Yes. And if you're unaware, that Star Trek got a new show come out last yeah. Thursday. I got to see a little bit of it. Uh, called Star Trek Picard. It is the continuing adventures of Captain Picard about 20 years after uh, Nemesis. Jean-Luc Picard. Yes, after Nemesis, uh, after the movie Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah. And, uh, oh my word, <laughs> this is so friggin' awesome. Um, this, for, before you get into any of the, of the cool Star trek stuff, the story itself is good. Hmm. It's... Um, Picard is dealing with uh okay so you remember Star Trek 2009 yes you remember the entire reason why uh, uh Nero came oh yeah back in time oh yeah what was that reason that would be that uh Romulus was uh going to be destroyed because of the, the supernova not going to be destroyed it, uh, it was, was destroyed. destroyed that's right it was well, destroyed that's that right supernova officially became canon <laughs> Yeah, that's outside the- of uh, what people said it was. Yeah, uh, because apparently, twenty years prior to this show, the Romulan star went supernova, and Picard was in the middle at the time, running relief efforts trying to get Romulans out of that solar system. Yeah, before uh, you know, before the star blew up. Well, that was going great until a terrorist organization attacked the utopia planitia shipyards on mars yeah and i would tell you what that uh terrorist group was made of yeah, but uh yeah spoiler alert for yeah. picard well no, i'm not gonna go too far into this i'm just saying i'm not gonna get into that be- simply because it is a big spoiler yeah but you sh- suffice it to say the federation pulled out picard got his ego crushed and uh, he dropped out of Starfleet and went to go hang out on his uh, vineyard to, for the In last France? 20 years. You know, just kind of being a crotchety old man. Yeah. And then a woman shows up on his door. You kind of... I don't know why, but I feel like I'm safe with you. Yeah. You kind of kind of forgot that he has a dog. Oh, I did not forget about <laughs> number one. He does have a dog. It is a pit bull at... Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart's request. Oh, it was really because yeah, he apparently runs. Uh, he's he, he's apparently does pit bull rescue stuff, but for some reason the UK does not allow that breed of dog, that particular breed of dog. Really, they have. I, it's I know they have bull dogs, but they don't allow pit bulls. Yeah, for some reason. 
So he's trying to get. But anyway, that's when he was asked, you know, if you're going to have a dog on the show, what kind of dog do you want? And he said, I want a pit bull. So they got him a pit bull. And he named him number one. Of course. And here's the thing. When I first saw the poster with number one on it, I knew that was going to be his name, despite the fact they hadn't said it yet. <laughs> it's like, oh, that would make perfect sense. That would. But uh, yeah, that's that is all in the story itself is good. It's a great star. I'm story by itself. I'm looking forward to seeing where we're going. Okay. But on top of that, they know their lore very well and are playing into it. Okay. To the point where, in many ways, you could claim it starts off both where Nemesis ended and where Next Generation ended, with allusions to both. Oh, okay. Say, no, it doesn't matter where you stopped, we're going to start with a, a poker game, from, which mm-hmm. is how all, uh, all good things ended the last episode of star trek the next generation oh okay with gotcha. card fi- uh, finally stepping into the ship's weekly poker game for the first time oh okay and then i remember that the fir- the moments at the beginning start with blue skies mm. which is the song data was singing in uh star trek nemesis oh okay. and i don't want to spoil star trek nemesis but Let's just say that first couple minutes, I was being attacked by all the feels. Ah, I gotcha. The show was, the episode was great. I loved it. I'm looking forward to it next Sunday, next Sunday, next Thursday. It's okay. coming Thursday. By the time you hear this, I will have heard, watched the second episode. It is an amazing show so far, and I'm looking forward to where it goes. Plus, the last couple seconds, I'm going to go, oh, my goodness, this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> well good deal and uh one i've also been you know just completing the sci-fi uh train yeah i've also been watching star wars the clone wars ah where are you I, at i am still in season four i am to the uh episodes where uh anakin and obi-wan are trying to uh stop the slaving uh planet yeah. The slavers? Yeah. And Anakin just got captured. Actually, they all just got captured, and Anakin's uh. having to play slave to the uh, queen of that, that planet. Oh, fun. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, I'm about halfway through season four, I think. Gotcha. I'm probably not going to finish before season seven starts at the end of the month. In the next month, I mean. But I'll catch up to it eventually. I, if I'm not part of the uh, discussion, oh, well. Oh, okay. That's about how I am with it at this moment. So what what season did they cut it off? That's the thing. Okay, so it was canceled at the end of season five before season six uh, started being put out. Okay. But the remaining, they had already finished a bunch of the episodes for season six, so those were released to Netflix. That's right. Immediately uh, uh, afterwards. All of that has been pulled from Netflix, of course, mm-hmm. beyond Disney Plus. And so the new season is going to be season seven. Oh, okay. And it is going to give an, a, an official end to the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. More than just a cutoff because it got canceled. Gotcha. And right. if it goes by Dave Filoni's original plan for how the Clone Wars should end... It should be right before Anakin. It should end right before Anakin and Obi Wan go save the Chancellor from Count Dooku at the beginning of Episode Three. 
Gotcha. So, yeah. What's in the news? All right. So, apparently, if anybody who around here is a Pokemon fan, apparently... Yeah, you got to catch them all. Yeah, you got to catch them all. <laughs> and just don't follow Ash around, because he's not a very good Pokemon master. Hey, Catcher. <laughs> he is now finally a champion. Really? Yes, he won the Alola Champions chips. <laughs> okay, how many years did it take him to do that? Twenty. <laughs> Twenty years. But he's still seven years old. So yeah, okay. Or however old he is, he he didn't age a day. Yeah, which is just leading credence to the theory that he's been uh, in a coma since episode two. But hey, yeah. <laughs> or hey, hey, dude, where'd you find the Fountain of Youth? Because we like it too. Nah. I'm- <laughs> Some of us would that theory at a different later time. Yeah, but there is a theory goes around that since episode two, way back in the Indigo League, at the very beginning of the show, right, he's been in a uh, coma. That's right. I keep hearing all this is a gift from Ho Oh, letting him have his dreams of being a Pokemon trainer. I gotcha. Which is the theory as to why it took him twenty years to be to finally. Win a championship. Uh, okay. It's kind of like the theory of Calvin and Hobbes. I'm not going with that theory. Okay. Gotcha. I love Calvin and Hobbes too much. I understand. <laughs> hey, it's just a theory I've heard. That's all. But There's either some way. people who ruin stuff. And I'm not saying that my thing doesn't ruin it. But hey. Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot of media out there that they've always kind of thrown speculation be like yeah. oh the person's in a coma or so or what is it adventure time they they thought that was that where the the no, whole no, no, adventure time is actually a post-apocalyptic uh dystopia really yeah they confirm that pretty much in the show oh okay finn's just the only human that's around anymore because all the other humans died in the war oh okay except for the ice king ah uh. Well, for a person, person loving it, so who's never watched the series? I've never watched it either. It's just, you know, there was a time when that was the show and you couldn't swing a cat around Facebook, around uh, the internet without hitting Adventure Time at one point or another. So. I gotcha. All right. With all anyway. that said, with all that said, <laughs> apparently Netflix and the Pokemon Company International announced a few days ago that with the new animated movie based on the beloved Pokemon franchise's first film. We are getting a CGI style of Pokemon, the movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. And, yes. And it is a CG remake of the original Pokemon movie. Yes. That eventually I think we are going to uh, review. Yes. Maybe this year if I can get it on the list. Yeah. But um, that would- this, it, this, this dub is about... is a, Well, this is a fresh dub. This movie came out, I think, a year or two ago in Japan. Yes. And did technically get a theatrical showing here subtitled. So... Oh, uh, okay. About a year or two ago. I gotcha. All right. So, technically, this would be the 22nd animated film. That's a lot of movies. Well, I mean, you're also counting Detective Pikachu in that. Yeah, that's true. So... But in the end... The thing with anime is, is they like to put out a movie every year. That is true. And they do. Because they make money. Yeah, and ever s- yeah, ever since it was launched in 1998. Yeah. All That's right. why there's that many. Okay. All right. So, like you said, be like it premiered in Japan over the summer and will arrive on Netflix around around the globe on February 27th, 2020, 2020, a.k.a. Pokemon Day. I didn't know there was a Pokemon Day. 
Why is this Pokemon Day? I have no idea. This is weird. Gotta catch, gotta catch, gotta catch them all. Pika? <laughs> I'll look that up later. I don't yeah. care enough now. Anyway. <laughs> all right. What else we got? All right. Uh, a few movies won a few awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily Frozen 2. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the 11th annual, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but Lumera, Lumera Awards took place July 22nd. I've never heard of it either. But apparently Frozen received multiple awards, including uh, Best Immersion Feature Film Animation by Disney, by uh, Frozen 2, Best HDR Animated Frozen 2, Best Original Song Into the Unknown by Frozen 2. 2. Gotcha. <laughs> And the one I just I saw and I was like, oh my gosh, this movie actually got an award. And I just had I had to share it. Best HDR live action Alita Battle Angel by oh, Fox. Yes. Love that movie. <laughs> yes. A very under I guess you would call it an underappreciated film. And I don't know why it was so good. It was. It I was guess fun I understand that, yeah, maybe it doesn't follow the traditional act structure of most Hollywood movies. Right. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a fun movie. Agreed. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got for news. All righty. Well, then let's move into our... Well, first... Nah. So now we're going to move into our uh, stuff for... Eh. Everything moved. So now we're moving into our movie of uh, this week, which is uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. And I'm going to start off, if my phone will ever come up, <laughs> with uh, the one comment we, we got from y'all. If this will come up. I just turned airplane mode off and it's not coming up. And I just had it up here waiting and it... <laughs> Technology. You got to love it, right? Dude, this part, this part will definitely be cut out. Yeah. Do, 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 Bow, wow, 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 You leave me hanging. Second one up. What is wrong with you? And I mean that in the best possible way. Okay. I'm almost there. I don't care about Sonic at the moment. Okay. So, uh, I'll just start this section over. So, we're moving into our review of the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. And starting off, we're going to read the one comment we got on the Facebook page from uh, Josh Adams. He says, a true classic that entertains both children and adults alike. Also, possibly the only time Christopher Lloyd was close to scary. I I want to fight that. I can't think of something. Yeah, me either. Because uh, there's got to be something else, and the closest I can think of, no, that's not even that scary. So no, be like, yeah, it's it's definitely one of his darkest performances. I yeah. would say. Either way, amazing performance by his. Oh yeah, by Christopher Lloyd. So uh, let's move into our spoiler-free review. Then. All right, you go first, sir. All right. Oh, who from Roger Rabbit? This this has got a lot of nostalgia for me. Because apparently this was the, the movie that catapulted me into drawing. Mm-hmm. Very oddly enough, I don't think I've ever told the story. I've told, I think you have once, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think in our first episode I talked talk about this. Yeah, but when we were introducing each other. Yes. Uh, 
so my parents had rented Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I had the the you know back in the day they had VHSs. You mean they put film onto magnetic tape and then stuck that in a plastic case that you then shoved into a machine that would violently rip the tape from the cartridge and wrap it around these uh, heads and such and and play the video off that is that what we're talking about yes we were talking about very accurate description (laughs) and so be like we're watching the film i've got the cover and i asked for runners to my dad he's like hey dad can i have some paper and a pencil and so my dad gets like some butch paper and some paper or what have you and so the entire movie be like everybody's watching i'm doing this just watch up and down up and down so i'm drawing it i'm drawing and so by the end of the film it's like a two-hour film almost yeah and so apparently I run into my dad. I'm three years old. It's like, Daddy, look, Daddy, look. <laughs> and according to my dad, to this day, is like the per like an exact replica of Roger Rabbit. And so that's where I started drawing when I was three okay. with Roger Rabbit. So, uh, what can you say about Roger Rabbit? It's just a freaking amazing film that mm-hmm. you have this amazing blend of animation, live action, and just the fact that characters that have never been seen on the same on the same screen again will probably never ever no it probably never will happen again it never happened again thank you spielberg well we'll get to that yeah we'll get to that later but yeah it's this movie is such an enjoy it's incredible that this got made mm-hmm. and it's the light if you've never seen this film go watch it be like it's I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I do not know of anybody who has not watched this film. But if you oh, haven't, oh, okay, <laughs> be like they need to be trained the 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 wise decision to go watch this movie. Either well, way, the reason some might not watch it is at least this is what I was told is right. why I did not watch this until I was already in my thirties. Really? Yeah, or late twenties, early thirties, somewhere yeah. in there. Uh, apparently, the reason I didn't watch it until then was because. Uh, my parents were told me that uh, they were told that the movie was too adult for kids to watch. Oh, okay. I think they were thinking of Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and admittedly, I can't disagree with this, but... I'm not uh, bad. I was just drawn that way. Exactly. So, yeah, I did not watch it until the last uh, 10, or, 10 or so years. Oh, okay. Uh, and I can tell you that first time I watched it, I was... I thought it was cool. Oh, okay. Start there. I thought it was cool. I didn't. I had very little knowledge of. I didn't even cross my mind that this was before computer compositing, computer editing, or that that was even be a difference. It's just like, okay, yeah, they they filmed the thing probably in live action, and then they drew on top of the film. What's what's the big deal? Yeah. I don't know how hard it is to draw animation. What do I know? <laughs> but uh, the la- second time I been watched there, done it, that. It's hard. The second time I watched it. And I had already, and I'd been through a graphic design program <laughs> in college, and I thought, "Oh my word, this is an amazing movie just for the animation alone." Agreed. The editing of the animation with the live action is the best I've seen. Now, admittedly, it's because it's the end of that technology line. It's probably the last one of these. Live action movies with the animated stuff before computer editing became a standard right. procedure. Right. But at the same time, there was a there was a time where I didn't even I couldn't figure out how they did half the stuff because you you look at it and you go, that weasel 
is holding a physical gun. Uh-huh. How? <laughs> now, I've seen the special features. I know how they did it now. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, that is awesome. That there's this, this hat movie had to have been next to impossible to make. And they made it. Pretty much. It's an amazing film. Um, it's got a great story. It's got a great cast. Great cast. And it's probably the only, the, the, the thing this film does that it will never happen again at all. Yes. I agree. You will never have the cast, the, the Disney cast and the Warner Brothers, the, 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 the Disney cartoons and the Warner Brother cartoons mm-hmm. voiced by their original, by their almost, almost all of them are voiced by the original people who oh. made the characters. Oh, yeah. Who the, it's more their characters than the animators because in terms of performance. Even older characters, too. Right. Well, I'm basically talking about the fact that you've got Mel Blanc voicing nearly uh-huh. every single one of his characters uh-huh. that he knows from that. You've got, uh, I mean, the cl- almost all of the Disney people are the, the originals or they are the, at that point, the most current. Yeah, verge actors in those roles. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, and yet you even got. And we'll get into this in a second. You've got voice actors. You got animators. Mm-hmm. Animators for, who made these cartoons originally from two different companies. Oh yeah, working together. Oh yeah, on the same scene. Uh huh. So that the animation for both characters is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's never going to happen yeah. again. Oh yeah, that's. This is this movie is a piece of history yeah. that should not be forgotten. Yeah, it's a piece of treasure. Yes. It's a national treasure. Oh, as long as Nicolas Cage doesn't show up and try to steal something from it, we're in good shape. <laughs> Agreed. But anyway, uh it's a great movie and it's one of my honestly it's one of my favorites of all time. Well, good a deal. A little bit of a spoiler alert there. Yeah. But anyway, shall we continue on into the spoiler filled section? All right, so let's dive into Toontown. All righty. Warning. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Listener discretion is advised. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who is most famous for directing all three of the Back to the Future movies. Yay! And Forrest Gump. Yes. The animation director who was uncredited in the movie was Richard Williams, uh-huh. who is most famous for The Thief and the Cobbler, uh-huh. which was a passion project of his that took three decades to get done. Really? And still did not come out the way it should have. And oh, okay. They've been trying to restore it ever since then, because you go and watch the DVD, it's like tons of... It's, it's his most famous work, and it's been tr- they've been trying to get it to w- the way he intended it to be, and it's, it's not been great so far. Okay. Anyway. Also, Raggedy Ann and Andy, A Musical Adventure. Okay. This is the really super trippy Raggedy Ann and Andy movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> the super trippy one. The one that will give you nightmares. Oh, okay. Fun. Give you an idea as to the animation style. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, it was based on the book Who Censored Roger Rabbit by uh-huh. Gary K. Wolf. Mm-hmm. The book, the movie was so successful, yeah. despite all the amount of changes to the source from the source material, that the author, when he went and wrote the sequel, 
explained, based it more off the movie and explained the original book away as being a dream Roger Rabbit had. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, the screenplay was written by Jeffrey Price and uh, Peter S. Seaman, who both wrote, uh, together they wrote the live action How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Adventures in Wonder Park, which just came out last year. Yeah. And supposedly in pre-production right now, who framed Roger Rabbit too. Okay. That's going to that be supposedly comes out at the end of the year. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, the music was by Alan Silvestri. Oh yes. Who is most famous for currently for captain America, the first Avenger Avengers Avengers infinity war and Avengers Endgame. You're forgetting one very crucial one. Lilo and Stitch? Nope. But he did Lilo and Stitch, too. Yes, he did. Back to the Future. Yeah, I kind of. <laughs> I figured you'd get that one in there. Yeah. Uh, the cast, uh, Bob Hoskins plays Eddie Valiant. He played Mario Mario in Super Mario Oh, Brothers. gosh, that movie. <laughs> and Smee in Hook. Yes, I love that performance. Christopher Lloyd plays Judge Doom. He is famous for Dr. Emmett Brown in Back to the Future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Commander Krooge in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Spock. Yes, good movie. And for our first Kingdom Hearts reference. Oh, of, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, specifically the DLC, not the base game, but the DLC. Oh, he really? Plays Master Xehanort. Oh, okay. The main villain. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, two other originally that role was started by Leonard Nimoy, dun, 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 dun. but unfortunately he died after, well, both appearances, of the first two appearances of the character. Yes. So when they were going to this, they hired another guy who was, uh, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but yeah. he died this year. <laughs> so when they went to go voice this one, they had to hire somebody else. So I'm now worried for Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> no, Doc, no. Yeah, we don't want but that. Doc. <laughs> so uh, Joan- yeah. Joanna Cassidy yeah. played Dolores. And in the movie Blade Runner, she played Zahora. Mm-hmm. Charles Fleischer played Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. Benny the Cab, Greasy, and Psycho. Oh, okay. And in Back to the Future Part 2, he played Terry. Oh, my gosh, yes! <laughs> and Dr. King in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yes! <laughs> I remember that! Oh, my gosh! <laughs> Stubby K plays Marvin Acme. Okay. Now, I didn't see much on there that I immediately recognized, but yes. he was in a movie that I recognized the name of, Guys and Dolls. Okay, the name sounds familiar. Old movie. Yes, he apparently played a character in there called Nicely Nicely Johnson. Okay, then I don't know what that is, but that is an interesting name. (laughs) Uh, Alan Turvin plays R.K. Maroon, Mm -hmm. and in the and then Superman, (laughs) the uh, Richard Donner Superman movie. Yes, he played the second controller. I don't know what that means. Okay, but he was an extra, and that was the main thing I saw him. Okay. Uh. Richard, and I'm going to screw mess up this last name. I apologize. La Parmentier. He played. Uh, he plays Lieutenant Santino, which I must believe is the police officer in charge of the case. Okay. In this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. In the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope, he played General Motti. 
Oh, okay. Do you remember who General Mahdi is? No, I don't. Do you remember the guy who said, don't scare us with your sorceress ways, Lord Vader. This battle station, and then Darth Vader choking him, the first force choke of the series? Yes! That was him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, Lou Hirsch pl- plays Baby Herman. Mm-hmm. And in Superman 3, he played Fred. Okay. <laughs> if you're trying to figure out why I'm a lot of these live action actors, I'm having a hard time finding stuff. It's because a lot of them weren't in much. I gotcha. Uh, Betsy Brantley played Jess, uh, Jessica Rabbit's performance model. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much she acted on there and then they drew over her. Yes. Character over here. And in the movie The Princess Bride, yeah, she played. Uh, oh, what is that guy's name? The kid, um, Ben Savage. Yeah, Ben Savage. He play, She plays his mother. Oh, okay, the person you barely see in the film. Yeah, but she's that's who she plays. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Thing she's most known. Wow. For. Okay. Uh, Kathleen Turner, uncredited, played Jessica Rabbit. That's right. Yeah, and in. Uh, the movie Romancing the Stone, please, uh-huh. she played Joan Wilder. Yeah. And if you know something I don't, go ahead. No, I do not. It's okay. Just, you sounded like you had something. No, just the, the fact that like Jessica Rabbit is prop, because even the director said this, Bob Semeca said this, that be like, Jessica Rabbit was probably every young boy's first crush. Well, except I didn't see it till I was in my <laughs> 20s. So. And I would, I would definitely hardly agree. Okay. Uh, May Questel plays Betty Boop. Oh, she yeah. is the original voice for uh-huh. Betty Boop. Yeah, that was when I learned that. I was oh my gosh. She was also the original voice for Olive Oil in Popeye. I can see that. <laughs> and in the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, uh, okay. she plays Aunt Bethany. Okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Tr- isn't it true that she? Uh, that the actress she passed away shortly after her her last performance as Betty Boop. I think so. I and think it so. Because I think Christmas Vacation was before this. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, Mel Blank. Oh, Mel plays Blank. Daffy Duck, Tweety Bird, Bugs Bunny, Sylvester, and Porky Pig. <laughs> oh, the he ending did is not so funny. Play his classic voices because he also should have. If he had been able to, he would also have done. Foghorn Leghorn uh-huh. and uh, Yosemite Sam, but he was unable to do that because of how old he was getting. Yeah, and also the fact that at the end, because listening to the commentary, mm-hmm. be it like you learned that Bell Blank died like months later after yeah. his last his performance. He had one thousand one hundred and forty nine acting credits on IMDb. Most of those being, because he was like in every Looney Tunes and Merry Melody cartoon for like 20 years. Oh, yeah. Because of how many characters he played. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also in Buck Rogers, that sh- that movie. Oh, yeah. He played Tweaky. Okay. And in the uh, animated Jetsons, the movie. Yeah. He played Mr. Spacely. And I believe he played Mr. Spacely in the original cartoon. Okay. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Anselmo plays Donald Duck. He is the current Donald Duck in DuckTales and pretty much anything else Disney-related, including Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. And I swear, I nearly sent a picture 
to you today when I was going through the IMDb list of like 50 different entries for Kingdom Hearts (laughs) on his page. It's like, gee, I wonder if he was in that game. (laughs) But uh, that's the main thing I saw that he he had. Uh, Joe Lasky uh, played Yosemite Sam and Foghorn Leghorn. Along with those characters, he's also the current voice for Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Okay. And in the movie Casper, he played Stinky. Oh, okay. One of the three uncle ghosts. Yeah, that's what I thought. The stinky one. Yeah, apparently. Yes. Wayne Allwine plays Mickey Mouse, and he's been play- he played Mickey Mouse for a long time. Okay. Like 30, 40 years. Wow. And only stopped a couple years ago, uh, and unfortunately since then has passed. Yeah, because I heard he, he had recently retired. And his last role of as uh, his last video game role as King Mickey was in Kingdom Hearts, Hearts 2. Got it. Specifically Kingdom Hearts 2. I think he might have been in uh, Birth by Sleep, but I could not find that on there because, anyway. Okay. But he that also, when I checked the current one, he hadn't done Birth by Sleep, is why I think that. Okay. I am sensing a lot of Kingdom Hearts and Back to the Future references. Uh, you think? Yeah, you think so. Last but not least, our animation director had a cameo role as Droopy Dog. Ah. And that was the most of everything else. I left out a bunch of minor roles. Yeah. Only because they're minor roles in this movie, but they are almost in every instance played by their original voice actors. If yeah. they are on animated characters. And I do mean nearly every single one. Yeah. There's a couple, I'm sure it's not, but you're pretty much safe in assuming if you see a character on screen, you know who it is, and they talked even just something in the background, yeah. they were voiced by their original voice actor. Wow, that's crazy. And as a bit of trivia, this is the first movie in history with character cameos. Any cameo before this would have been like an actor showing up in a yeah. different role. This is the first time where you just have characters showing up in the background for pretty much no good reason other than we wanted to have that character in the background. I gotcha. This, uh, after that point, you know, you actually have Marvel movies where, where you have uh, character cameos all through mm-hmm. it. Um, Space Jam is another good example. Right. Uh, both of the... Uh, Ralph breaks the inter- uh, record. Ralph movies mm-hmm. are like this with video game characters. This was the first time that had ever been done. Oh, okay. So yeah. Anyway, I think you missed one person possibly. I may have. I was kind of going quickly through the list. Yeah, a certain producer, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. I yes. think everyone knows who Steven Spielberg. Yeah, is. it's true. And usually, like it's... I don't put the producers on the list. Yeah, true. But also the Steven Spielberg. <laughs> it is an Amblin Entertainment thing, so Steven Spielberg is involved. Yes. Who's done like a done movies and yes, like, but yeah, I don't normally put the producers on there because I don't actually know what producers do, other than get people to pay money to produce the thing. Pretty much, either way, and get a say in the script writing and such. But anyway. yeah, all right. So we're gonna go through the nuts and bolts. Yes, uh, uh, call it like uh, as I like to call it. All right. So we're gonna add give something. us our nuts and bolts. All right. So we're how gonna, do they screw together? All right. So I'm gonna. I've added one little thing here. All right. So on IMDb, it's ranked at a 7.7 out of 10, mm-hmm. and that's too low in my opinion. Yeah, that is way too low for this film. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 97. percent I can agree with that. I, I will agree with is you. Is that on the that. critic review or the? 
audience review. I think it's critics review. Okay. There is a difference. Yeah, there is a big the, difference. If it's the main to- tomato meter one, then yeah. it's critics. Yeah. Or tomatometer. However you say that? Tomometer. Tomatometer. You'd think living here in Jacksonville, the tomato capital of East Texas, we'd know this. Yeah. But anyway. Either way. It was produced by Touchstone Pictures and Ambit Entertainment. It was distributed by Buena Vista. Buena Vista? Buena Vista. Buena Vista. Buena Vista Pictures, a.k.a. Disney. Yes. It was released on June 22nd, 1988. Had a budget of $50.7 million. Mm-hmm. Had an opening an opening weekend of eleven point two million. It had a U.S. gross of one hundred fifty six point four million dollars, and a worldwide a worldwide gross of three hundred and twenty six point eight million dollars. Okay, this thing blew its budget out of the water, which is amazing considering how expensive this movie was to make. Yeah, exactly, because it's literally licensing fees alone. Yeah, licensing the fee, and plus it was literally, it's like they they had they had to shoot like literally two movies for this film. Yeah. One live because every shot an animated character is in. Yes, they had to print that frame. Yes, every frame of that bit out onto photograph yeah put a bit of tracing paper on it and the animators drew over where they were supposed to draw over yes and then recomposited digitally composite not digitally but composited those images together on on a essentially a visual printer i don't remember the exact terms right this this process was so complicated, reshoots were out of the question. Oh yeah, whatever absolutely. Whatever they got that first uh, uh, at, when it left, whatever they had after it left. Uh, oh yeah, the live action shooting phase. That's all you're gonna get because yeah, because at that point the anime any amount of uh, fixing, room. re redoing would require all the animation in that scene to have to be redone. Also. Yeah. So there was also a good, a good point of that where they had to adjust the animation to um, to fit. Yeah, to fit. Because the, there's like I know of one instance where uh, Bob Hoskins yes was not looking at the he was supposed to be looking like uh, what six inches below him. Yes, yeah, so he was actually where, like, and he was looking at eye level, so they had to move Roger Rabbit up. So yeah, he was standing up to level. his tiptoes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the scene I was talking about. Oh, and good. also there's a point in there where uh, they bump a light, and th- so they actually had to keep the sh- shading constant. Oh, as yeah, the light would move back and forth on on the on the t- on uh, Roger Rabbit himself. Yes. But we'll get more into that when we get into our likes and dislikes. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to come up. Oh, yeah, it does. Anyway, sorry. I interrupted. No, you're good. Ah, stretch. Yes. <laughs> it's been a long two days. Yes. <laughs> I understand. All right. So, welcome. Yeah. Well, did you finish all your nuts and bolts? Oh. You were in the middle of nuts and bolts. Oh, of course. Of course. Yes, I am done. <laughs> okay. Well, then we'll move into the synopsis. Yeah. Eddie Valiant is a detective. Duh. He had a brother who was killed by a tune. So now Eddie Valiant is not a big fan of tunes. Oh, did I forget to mention? Tunes are real living things in this world. Yeah. Made out of ink and paint. paint. I had to stop and think. And they are filmed. When they make cartoons, 
They are literally filmed just like you would film a live action person. Uh huh. In this universe. So, uh, Eddie gets hired by Roger Rabbit is having a hard time acting. He's been making simple, easy mistakes he shouldn't be making, and it's causing his cartoons to kind of get overrun. Yeah. And, you know, going over, over budget. budget sort of thing, yeah. Because they keep having to reshoot stuff. So, RK Maroon, the owner of the studio, yes. just, uh, hires Eddie to get pictures of Roger Rabbit's wife. Uh, being unfaithful to Roger, <laughs> so that uh, Roger will dump her and focus on the cartoon. Yes, that's his thought. Uh, Eddie is able to find picture, find uh, Roger Rabbit's wife, Jessica Rabbit. Oh my gosh. At the Ink and Paint Club. <laughs> yes, where he also runs into Marvin Acme. Yes, the owner of the Acme Corporation. That makes all the gags and is also all the gags for the cartoons, and plus are the owners of Toontown. Yes. So, Marvin Acme and just Marvin Acme goes backstage after Jessica Rabbit's performance. Yes. At that club, and uh, they play patty cake. Yes. <laughs> and just, I'm not going to go into patty cake. Yeah. But that scene is funny. Yeah, it's literally patty cake. It's literally patty cake. <laughs> it's literally patty cake. Despite the fact they make it sound like yes, something so else. bad. But it's not. It's just patty cake. It's just patty cake. <laughs> well, these pictures of his wife playing patty cake with Marvin Acme, of course, make Roger Rabbit go crazy. And he says a lot of things that become incriminating the next day yes. when Marvin Acme turns up dead, dead. Uh-huh. having been killed by a tune. Well, because... Eddie was involved in this. The police come and get him and take it down there. And we, for the first time, meet Judge Doom. Apparently, the own, the uh, judge, prosecutor, jury, and entire police force. Yeah. And essentially, authoritarian dictator of Toontown. Yes. Despite the fact he doesn't own it yet. Um, and he shows off this horrible concoction. The easiest way to punish or hurt a tune called dip, dip which is literally made from paint thinner yeah if you look at the three chemicals he mentions <laughs> oh yeah they are common materials in paint thinner and uh ink thinner yes so literally death to a tune oh yeah they're made out of this stuff so very interesting story when you say that okay i went to college along morris college and i was visual i was doing visual art and so you'd be locked up in not locked up literally but you would be stuck in the an art room. studio in an art room yeah for hours and all you're using is oil paints yeah. and paint thinners. Mm-hmm. And boy, do you get not high, but really, really drippy. You get close enough you get to close be enough. high. Yeah. But yes, I thought it would be kind of a humorous segue. Continue. Yes. Okay. So. And now I've lost my spot. <laughs> of course. Uh, so, um, Eddie... Having seen that is, and has convinced himself that it must be Roger Rabbit's fault, uh-huh. considering everything that Roger said, ends up going back to his apartment, his office slash apartment slash living area. Yeah. And while he's there, he runs into Roger Rabbit, who's looking for him, hiding out in his office because that makes more sense than standing out in the hallway where yeah. everyone can see him. That's Roger. And tells Eddie that he didn't kill Marvin Acme. All he did after he left there that night was to go he went there he was going to do something but ended up not doing anything and instead wrote a love letter to his wife 
on a random piece of paper he found with red ink with red ink so it's like okay you didn't kill him maybe but still he's now he's still a wanted fugitive or wanted tune fugitive tune fugitive tune so they're trying to figure out a way to get him to clear his for roger to clear his name and the best if the uh yeah roger's trying to clear his name they go into hiding but they're always being chased by judge doom and the weasels (laughs) who if they laugh too long will eventually die Um, yes like their cousins the hyenas so after many shenanigans shenanigans they end up in a theater that is showing a goofy cartoon as of they're course. hiding out, trying not to get caught. And apparently they didn't think anyone would ever come here. Yeah. I'm there, which ends up being true. And apparently it was the and most physical film they could find. Physical it was, yeah. Art. It was the most zany film they could find, despite the fact it's anachronistic. Yeah. But there, Rod, you know, Eddie tells Roger this whole backstory about mm-hmm. why he doesn't like tunes. Yeah. And who can blame him? Right. Who can blame him, really? And even Roger doesn't blame him for that. So they end up escaping, leaving there. Yes. And uh, they go to Maroon Studios. Mm-hmm. But as they're leaving, sorry, let me back up. As they're getting ready to leave, the newsreel goes to a, um, well, it goes to a newsreel. Yeah. And on the newsreel is a story about RK Maroon selling the studio yeah to uh cloverleaf industries yes now cloverleaf industries is a company that is buying up all the public transportation in the city to dismantle it not that they are claiming this but we find this out later yeah to dismantle it so they can build a freeway <laughs> now before i get too far into this despite what the movie may have you think about because, I mean, even Eddie at one point says that's a stupid enough idea that only a tune could have thought it up. Yeah. It was real. Yeah. That actually happened. <laughs> yes. They didn't have to <laughs> pave over a cartoon-filled world to do it, but... It did happen. It did happen. So, they go to visit R.K. Maroon in his office, and Eddie kind of puts pressure on him, and somebody shoots R.K. right before he's able to tell them yeah. what happened. But does pretty much give them enough evidence to continue on. Well, Eddie, while Eddie's up there getting this information, Roger gets knocked off, dragged into a car, and disappears. Oh, correction. He gets knocked out. That's (laughs) what I mean. Knocked out. So Eddie ends up following the car to Robert Zemeckis' favorite tunnel. Because he uses it in every movie. (laughs) Back to the future. And just as a quick, cool little thing, if you look on the... uh, at the top of the arch yes. on that tunnel, you can see Felix the Cat. Yeah. As the uh, comedy drama faces mask. Yes. Which was kind of cool. That was kind of awesome. So uh, Eddie pulls out his special gun that was given to him by Yosemite Sam mm-hmm. for getting him out of the Hooskow, which is an anim- which is a cartoon gun with cartoon bullets. Yes. And after shooting and destroying his liquor bottle, so yeah. that he no longer I- to give the idea that he's going to be sober from this point on, goes into toontown and the which is chaos <laughs> yes and it's an acid trip and a half <laughs> i wouldn't go that far it is essentially what you would assume a town that's made up of cartoons would be like that is true and uh pure zaniness he's looking for jessica he, he pretty much knows that jessica rabbit has kidnapped him because yes uh 
he still thinks Jessica Rabbit is a part of this deal. Spoiler alert. She ain't. Yeah. But she's trying to protect her husband. Yeah. Because she got into this mess trying to make sure her husband would continue having a job. Yeah. But he doesn't find Jessica. No. (laughs) He finds Lena Hyena, who chases him all over the place and eventually through a empty door or through, through a bathroom door that is out of order that we see most of the bathroom is gone. <laughs> and it's apparently the only part of that building that would have been over the street. That is anyway, always. he falls and cause this is cartoon physics going yeah. on at this point. He falls, ends up grabbing a flagpole that is apparently the living place of one Tweety bird. <laughs> and if you know anything about how Tweety bird, uh, deals with people hanging yes. from her, home his home sorry this is a he yes his home uh eddie falls again yeah <laughs> and this time runs into two very interesting cartoon characters iconic you characters you might know them i don't know they're kind of minor characters most people don't know them. their names are mickey oh, mouse boy. and bugs bunny <laughs> ain't i sting yeah and uh bugs offer they, they offer to give eddie a spare parachute well let me rephrase they offer to give eddie a spare yes <laughs> And they give him a spare tire. Well, the correction, Bugs gives him the spare Bear, tire. Bugs gives him the not spare tire. Well, Mickey. it was an Acme tire. And yes. Disney does not normally use Acme products because that's all. Acme is actually owned by Warner Brothers. Yes. And so, plus Mickey wouldn't do that. So he crashes into, well, I think he would actually if you watch some of the classic uh, Mickey Mouse cartoons. Okay. From this era. Oh, okay. So they crash into, he falls onto the street, but because it's Toon World, he's perfectly fine yeah because that's how physics in this world work yeah and, but lena hyena's gotten down through him is now chasing him <laughs> and causes her to run into a wall via the classic tune gag and now finally finds jessica rabbit yes <laughs> she explains to him what's going on and they uh they leave only to run into judge doom mm-hmm who spills dip all over the street by the way they're riding in benny the cab at this point yes and uh, Benny runs over the dip, which causes him to be severely injured. Yeah. He goes, at he least starts to go flat. But thankfully, it's only on his tires. So at least yes. you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Well, and they end up going to Marvin Acme's. Uh, well, Jessica and Roger end up getting captured by Judge Doom because of this. Yes. And taken to the Marvin Acme warehouse where Marvin Acme died. And he's got this big street cleaner. With a hose, with a high-pressure hose on it, full of dip, Mm -hmm. that he is going to, and once he knocks down the door in uh, Toontown, in in, uh, Acme's, in the Acme warehouse wall, he'll be able to spray the dip through everything, killing all of Toontown. Mm -hmm. Eddie comes in, because he knew where they went. Yeah. And, you know, things happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, the weasels get killed by laughing, oh, as yeah. we expect them to. Mm-hmm. Roger and Jessica nearly die three times. Yes. And Judge Doom gets flattened under a steamroller. Surprise! Surprise! He's a tune. He's, yeah, a tune. Surprise. he's actually a tune. In fact, he's the tune that killed Eddie's brother. Just like this! <laughs> yes. So, shenanigans ensue. Uh, a little bit, we get to hear a little bit more of the merry-go-round broke down, which is quite a loony selection. Yes, <laughs> and uh, Judge Doom gets uh, dies in dip. Yes, 
hoisted by his own petard. And uh, the movie ends with all the characters coming in. The uh, the the dip vehicle gets... While it can, does continue to drive through the wall and into Toontown, it doesn't have any dip in it anymore. Yeah. But gets taken out by a train. <laughs> Full of killers. <laughs> well, yeah. If you actually go frame by frame, there's yes. a death happening in every window. <laughs> For some reason. Other than, hey, it's funny. So, movie ends. They, well, they find... They, uh, Eddie finally figures out that Marvin Acme's will, that's caught, that's mm-hmm. nine-tenths of the trouble of this movie, the yeah. whole reason any of this took place, is the piece of paper that Roger wrote the love note on. Yes. So he gets Roger to read the love note, and after he reads his note, he starts reading the, the will, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, it's the will! T- Toontown is saved! Yay! And they end with the classic, with, uh, the classic ending se- uh, scenes from both Disney and uh, Warner Brothers. Brothers. With Porky Pig saying, that's all, folks, and Tinkerbell waving her wand, causing the movie to end. end. Yes. And that is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. No question mark. <laughs> because apparently question mark is a super a question mark is a superstitious in Hollywood in a t- movie title. Apparently. Apparently. Anyway. Yeah. Do you mind if I go first, even though I've been talking a lot? Sure. Go ahead. Because I want to hit the first thing I like about okay. this movie. The world building. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They went to a lot of trouble for it to make sense and be completely believable that all these characters, as animated characters, can work in a world with humans. And I love that the fact that the dip is paint thinner. Yeah. Get right down to it. Yes. The uh, tunes, when they do something in the real world, still have the tune physics. Yeah. But uh, this can actually be harmful to humans. The fact that. the animation, the character, and the character models. Yes, for all the characters are where they would be when this movie takes place, which is nineteen forty-seven, I believe. Don't I believe it's forty-seven. I believe it's nineteen forty-seven when it takes place. Um, and of course, you've got all the original voice actors, like I said earlier, reprising their roles. Um, I believe it's nineteen forty-seven. Anyway, uh, even to the fact that. There are a couple of anachronisms that you can kind of get get away with. Uh, like we said earlier, the goofy cartoon they're showing in there is not supposed to be there. It would have it was made after. Yeah, that was in movie. the fifties. Uh, yeah, it was made during the fifties, but uh, they literally picked it because it was the zaniest thing in the Disney vault. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, while E. Coyote and Roadrunner are in this movie, despite mm. the fact they weren't made until like the fifties, yeah, but they were included because they are pretty much. I think it's either Robert Zemeckis or Steven Spielberg. I don't remember which one, but it was their favorite Looney Tunes character. Oh, okay. But they're not in. They're not filming any cartoons. They're just working on the lot, which is <laughs> kind of cool. Um, the fact that when you expect to see a character, they do show up. That when you. The whole thing is awesome. Yeah, well, I right agree. To it. And the, I agree. The amount of the fact that um, instead of looking for DNA, not that they would have looked for DNA in the forties, right? But the forensic evidence they're using is actually paint. Yeah, apparently the paint is different for every character. That would make sense. Um, the fact that uh, you know you've got the whole thing about the uh, cloverleaf industries and then paving over. Hollywood to build a freeway and taking out all the public transportation yeah. by buying it and then selling it off. That actually did happen. That did. also happened around this time. Yeah. 
Um, where basically all the major freeways are where all the trolley cars are now. Pretty, mu- pretty much. Uh, the world building in this is so good that I can't even go into all of it. Yeah. Because it's so massive. Every bit of it makes so much sense. Agreed. And that's really why it's my number one is the fact that by the logic of this movie, everything does make sense. And that's to me is an example of good world building. So yeah. Okay. What's your number one? Mine kind of flows in with yours a little bit. It's actually the blending of live action and animation. Mm-hmm. The the fact that you have the fact that they could do this, be like with how Zemeckis designed this film. Yeah. And the live action falls and like special effects, which are all in camera work. Yeah. Be like there again, this is an age where they didn't have digital technology. Mm-hmm. So everything had to be handmade. Every prop that had to fall, it had to be pressurized or rigged to do that. And so it's literally having to follow around like when they were trying to cut this film together, yeah. be like they didn't have animation at first. Right. They had like little ideas of what was going on. Then they literally used puppets. Yes, they literally used puppets. The car- play the animated characters. Yes. And oddly enough, the guy who played Roger Rabbit walked around in a rabbit suit. Well, he was dressed as Roger. Yeah, he was dressed the as Roger. Movie. Bob Hoskins thought he was a nut. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't, I can't remember who, uh, which they were. What studio they were doing, they were performing this at, but the studio over the 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 movie next door, because they, they were yeah, talking. The, yeah. the rest of the studio thought, man, the special effects of that Roger Rabbit movie are horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember what <laughs> movie it was. It's going to be a horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he really got into that character. It yeah. was so amazing. The um, like you said earlier, the fact that be like they literally had to print every frame Mm -hmm. and then draw over that yes and there was one story where the what was it the one point where the weasels come in yeah i think they come into the bar or something like that be like that frame those animation had not been drawn yet and this was like maybe like a couple of weeks before the movie had to premiere Mm -hmm. they literally locked the animator in a room and he spent the next day and a half drawing weasels (laughs) that sounds horrible it does (laughs) They were like, get it done. Okay, I'll get it done. He took like two to three days doing it, yeah. but he got it done. But the animation in this movie, like I always say, is fantastic for mm-hmm. for the time. For the time and like how they did, because they could have simply just been like, oh, we're going to draw the animation. We're going to color it, blah, blah, yeah. blah, put it, in, put it on the frame. But the fact that the animation moves three-dimensionally oh, yeah. among the live-action characters, which is not something that was done at that time. Because, you know, the animators are used to 2D. They're not used to 3D. Yeah. That's part of the reason why they were using the puppets anyway, so they'd know where the puppet was and where the character's supposed to be in the frame. Right. And also the, uh, that, uh, what was it, ILM. I, they, yeah. They uh, threw ILM, ILM into this with uh, doing the lights and the shadows and, mm-hmm. like, to make these characters more realistic in the real world. And I found that phenomenal. The, the amount of effort, the extra effort they put into it. And that it could have simply been like, oh, we're just going to do this and just be done with it. But yeah. they took the extra step to make this movie even more phenomenal. To the point where I only saw really one animation error, which yeah. I'll get into when we get to dislikes. Yes. What is your number two? My number two, Toontown. 
Yes. Toontown could have been stupid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, let me back up. No, that's fine. Number two is Toontown. It could have been incredibly stupid how that how that worked. Right. Uh, apparently, at one point, they were going to have an Bob Hoskins character be animated. Really? At an early point, is they dropped that because that was going to end up being too expensive. Yeah. But um, the that entire sequence from beginning to end, it's like I know this is where it was leading, and it's kind of nice to see. As much as we've seen the animated characters in the real world, it's kind of interesting to see the real world. Yes, with the animated characters or the the animated the real people in the animated sequence yes. world. That's cool to see, and especially love every single little sight gag in yeah. there, like the uh, the truck that Bob that uh, Eddie drives into. Yeah, did you see what was on, listed on the side of the truck? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. What was it? Acme overused gag. Oh yeah. <laughs> And it was all bowling ball. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, the classic usage of uh, the classic tune tropes, like the uh, like in the bar scene early on. Oh yeah. The uh, you want the drink? No, I don't want the drink. You. Oh yeah. The reverse psychology. Yeah. The reverse psychology. That was great. The use of the merry-go-round broke down. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's important about that song? Uh, I think I can't remember what tune it's actually from, but what is it? Well, the song is uh was used for as the theme to looney Tunes. that's right yeah that's why judge doom's line when he looks at the thing it says the merry-go-round broke down that's quite a loony selection for the group for, for the group for these bar patrons isn't it <laughs> a loony selection Sin- yeah looney tunes <laughs> and then of course uh shaving a haircut two bits yes which, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it is this uh, melody. Ah. It is one of the most common sound things. The actual musical version of it is... And it's used everywhere, but it's mainly associated with cartoons. Especially okay. cartoons of this era. That makes sense. And then you've got the use of Hungarian Rhapsody number two during Daffy Duck and Donald. Oh Duck yeah, scene. that's right. The most the th- that is what that song's most known for is its use in '40s era cartoons, specifically the Cat Concerto, which was a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yeah. there was a Bugs Bunny cartoon that used it, and there was a Mickey Mouse cartoon that used it. Really, is a very com- it's it's classic composition. Yes. But it was used for that because it's kind of a little bit of a zany song, and also, but it sounds classical enough. It makes sense in those settings. Oh yeah, the use of that was like it was brilliant. You want to oh, get yeah. right down to it. Um, and also, kind of the point with the uh, when the when Daffy and Donald are playing that, they actually had to speed the song up to make it actually more realistic to a tune playing it. Yeah. Because it just sped up because it's, it's incredibly insane. Right. But it's but here's the other yeah. cool thing about that scene. Yeah. Daffy, you know, Donald Duck mm-hmm. is being animated by one of the classic an, uh, Disney animators. Yes. Daffy Duck is being uh, animated by Chuck Jones. Jeez. The, the Chuck Jones. Yeah. The thing is, it's not Chuck Jones's Daffy because Chuck Jones didn't animate Daffy in the forties. It's um, oh shoot, I'm gonna hate myself for not remembering this guy's name. Yeah, but it's the 
the main guy from that time. Yeah. And actually, Chuck Jones got so mad at the fact they forced that on on there because yeah, that he actually hates the hates the movie. Really? Because he messed with his creative work. I, I, I guess. I understood. Process, but admittedly, Chuck Jones was better, in my opinion, on Tom and Jerry than he was in. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. He was better. Moving on. <laughs> but the that much detail to make give every single character. Mm-hmm. The right look and feel, yeah, from beginning to end, even uh, Lena Hyena, who yeah. is not a character you're supposed to like. It's a it's a <laughs> right. joke character. Yeah, the fact that she gets to, she's the one that gets to do the run in into the wall when he moves the stripe. Yes, <laughs> that's like you know what that works. And of course, she got his line tunes gets him every time. Yeah. And, of course, Judge Doom, knowing that shaving a haircut two bits is something that a tune can't help but react to. Yeah, and finish. Yes. Anyway, yeah. that's my number two is the fact that they use so many classic cartoon stuff. Yeah. And it all comes to a head in Toontown. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even talked about the Bugs Bunny Mickey Mouse scene. No. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Disney and Warner Brothers would not license. Yeah. Their major characters, they were fine with the minor ones, but they wouldn't license their major characters if they did not get the same amount of lines, word for word, Uh with their Disney counterparts. Yes. And so in all three instances where where they interact, um, if you count, with the exception of Porky and Tinky, Tinky. Porky and Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell doesn't talk. Tinkerbell doesn't talk. I think is how they got away with that. Yeah. Um, to make sure, although if you if you pay attention, every single one of those scenes, they have the same amount of words, and that's why they're in the scene together to make sure they have those words. Donald and Daffy have the same. Uh, both the times Mickey and Bugs are on scene time, yeah. once at Toontown, and their lines at the end of the movie, yeah, they're the exact same length, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like that's something you'll just never get to see again. Yes, I agree. Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny. Daffy Duck and Donald Duck on screen at the same time. Yes. And unfortunately, one of the things I'm afraid of, and this is just me being a cranky old man, kids today don't understand why that's cool. No, probably <laughs> not. They don't watch these classic cartoons because those were considered too violent in the late 90s for kids to watch. And that annoys the crud out of me. Oh, yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Oh, man. Anyway. Yes. What is your number three? Well, or number two. Sorry. Well, mine. My number two kind of got was spilled over into your 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 number two. This is not surprising. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. But I'm going to go to a little direction. I'm going to go with the Tex Avery influence. Yes. of this film, definitely with Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, considering <laughs> she is based on Red Hot Riding Hood. Yes, she is, and it's just I don't know real. I don't know a lot about Tex Avery. I mean, I know his cartoons were a little more Bob Clampett. That's the guy's name I couldn't think of. Bob Clampett. That the Daffy Duck was based on. Sorry. Okay, you're fine. The fact that Tex Avery was a legend, legendary artist, legendary producer in the animation studios that kind of did his own thing, mm-hmm. and a lot of his stuff was kind of be like, oh, you just do more like this, not shady, but rather. Uh, more risque kind of cartoons. Be like yeah. the if anybody knows the uh, 
Jim Carrey movie, The Mask. Be like, there's a lot of Tex Avery influence with how he turns into the the wolf, and all. I think you actually see the wolf in this movie. I, I think, think so. You do. I think so. But be like, with how Jessica Rabbit is designed and all these amazing characters, uh, it's just how they brought all these kind of tying back into your number two again mm-hmm. with how they brought in all these amazing talents yes. and brought in all these amazing characters to to culminate in one phenomenal film that, like you said earlier, that will never be replicated ever again. Mm -hmm. And that is just mind blowing. Yeah. Mind blowing in every sense of the word. And man, I love this movie. What's Mm -hmm. your number three? My number three is that despite all the looniness, the zaniness Uh and tuniness, for lack of a better term. Yes. Of this movie. It is a good noir, detective noir story. Yes, it is. Now, is it a bit formulaic? Sure. sure. But that's because as good a story as it is, that that, that being the... Despite the fact you can see who the villain is the minute he's on screen. <laughs> and it's not a surprise. It's, it's still... It's, like that, it's so... That, that tone is kept throughout the whole thing. Right. It's a classic... I mean, you know when Judge Doom shows up, he's the villain. Yes. I mean, he murders a cartoon character in his first scene. Yes. To show how bad the dip is. Yes. That poor defenseless shoe did nothing wrong, wrong. and he killed it. (laughs) That's how you knew he was the villain. Oh, yeah. The minute he showed up, it's like, okay, yeah, he's... He's your villain. He's the villain. He, no matter, he's the guy, somehow he's the one who killed Marvin Acme. Yeah. He's the one... He's obviously behind Cloverleaf uh, mm-hmm. Industries. Yes. Because it's obvious they're the bad guys to some degree. Yeah. The entire... T- and and you know he's the villain. There's no hiding that. It, it, as a detective story, it's actually kind of poor. Yeah. But as a noir, as this classic, you've got... By the, the, the alcoholic detective... Who the only reason that I don't think we oh no, he does smoke yeah yeah he does smoke in this I forgot about that but was the 80s. alcoholic smoking detective the only thing missing is the fact that his scene in uh, his office or even in Marvin Acme's office yeah it's not dark with the moon being providing oh, the only yeah, yeah, illumination yeah. yes that's the only thing that's really missing yes. from the noir aesthetic yes it's such a good noir. A little bit cheesy, mind you. Right. But it's a classic. The the cheesiness of the noir they're showing Mm -hmm. fits superbly with the rest of the zaniness and craziness that we see with the rest of the Mm -hmm. animation stuff. It is just so nice to see. They could have easily just focused on the cartoon. Yeah. Aspects of it. And just had to be zany, kooky, crazy all the time and have virtually no story. Yeah. But there's a story. It's oh, yeah. It's a good story. Is it a story you can see coming from a mile away? Sure. sure. But just because you can see the ending coming doesn't make the journey any less bad. Any true. Less, any worse. Very true. This is an amazing movie, despite the fact that you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And the fact that they that the characters at no point do that wink at the screen, oh, look how stupid this kind of stuff is, mm-hmm. like it's very easy to do, is so amazing that they they're committed to making this movie and making it good Mm -hmm. and that's what i love about this it's just a good 
movie, even when you take out the gimmick. Yes, I agree. What's your number three? My number three, there again, kind of tying in with your number three, is actually the actor's performances. Mm-hmm. Primarily, Bob Hopkins, Bob Hopkins, Hoskins, Hoskins, sorry, Bob Hoskins, and Christopher Lloyd. Yes. And, oh my word. The, the fact that Hops... You know Christopher Lloyd was having a fun time. Oh, yes, absolutely. When, when, once the goggles got knocked off. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> <laughs> his, his facial expressions yes. are are timeless. The the scene, the... I'm, in the commentary, commentary, going back to the commentary, there there's a... Where, uh, whenever you see Judge Doom, yeah. be like, he doesn't blink. He never blinks. He never blinks. Be like, he has like a half eye shut. Mm-hmm. But he never blinks. Blinks. Anytime, his, anytime the sunglasses are off, he never blinks. blinks. And it's just the performance of how these two actors are able to interact with nothing. Definitely yeah. Bob Hopkins. Hopkins. Hoskins. Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Just say Eddie. Eddie. Okay. Eddie Valent. That's why I kept saying Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> anytime Eddie interacts with the tune in real life, there's nothing there. Except maybe a puppet. Puppet. Maybe. Yeah, maybe a puppet. Or maybe like something to hold on to or look at. Mm-hmm. That's it. And uh, if you go back and watch like Mary Poppins. Mary yeah. Poppins are one of those movies that had animation kind of thrown in there. Like it was great animation. Eyelines were wrong. Eyelines yeah. were slightly off or something like that. This was spot on. It's like literally, it looks like he's literally looking at a tune and mm-hmm. expressing and interacting and moving with a tune. And how fluidly animated Roger Rabbit is. Yeah. And how Eddie is able to, the actor is able to like seamlessly, like, like he's wrestling with a real tune. Mm-hmm. And it's freaking phenomenal. Yeah. And that's what blows my mind. Blows my mind that you have this much commitment where the actor would literally just read his lines, be like, okay, here, 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 and just pantomime mm-hmm. to what's going on in the scene with nothing there, with no aid. Except yeah. be like, oh, here, 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 act. And he did it. And it was phenomenal. It's uh, it's like you said, like you said earlier on the show that be like, there's a possibility they may be doing a Roger Rabbit 2. I highly doubt it. I just know it on IMDb, yeah. it was listed in pre-production as those guys as the writers. Yes. I have uh, no idea how they would do it. Because there's no way Warner Brothers is going to be nice and let them have those characters back. No, 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 no. So if they, even if it happens, it won't be a special. Yeah, agreed. But man, that'd be awesome. It would it's, be it, awesome. It'd be, it'd be so incredible with you know how animation is now. Yeah. It'd be, it would be, there again, so much easier. But oh, yeah. at the same time, be like, wouldn't it be really cool if we got all those characters back? Oh, it would be nice. It'd be, it'd be, be like, it's like how, how much and how much time and what kind of deals did you have to do to get this done? Because yeah. this one, it took the power of Steven Spielberg to even get it done. Yeah. And there again, going back to the point of how these actors portray their characters so realistically mm-hmm. and like you believe their problems. You believe that uh, Christopher Lloyd's character is this mad judge yeah. who is going to destroy Toontown 
And realistically, he's a tune himself, and he plays that off so well. And they give you so many clues to his real identity of mm-hmm. like how he backs away from the dip and how he kind of, kind of, the fact that he wears a glove to deal with the dip. Yes, exactly. And there's so many little clues to be like how who he really is. And what was it? Even one of the uh, producers or director even said, mm-hmm. "Be like, oh." We were going to throw in this idea that Judge Doom killed Bambi's mother. Yeah. He's the hunter that killed Bambi's mother. He's like, that might be a little too dark. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a bit. I think that's why they didn't throw it in there. It's like, that's that's just wrong. <laughs> but anyway, these two actors, granted, all the actors in the movie are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And the amount of dedication and professionalism they put into their performances are just spot on yes and yeah just performance wise incredible what's your number three i already did my number three. Oh, you did we're That's moving right. into our dislikes now. yes and believe it or not i have a dislike really now all my dislikes yes are nitpicks they okay. are so minor i wouldn't bring them up if i didn't have to right there is one pretty bad animation error okay and I say it's bad only because I'm surprised it got past. Yeah. I will admit that every other time I've watched the movie, I didn't see this. Okay. But the Lena Hyena running into the wall scene. Yeah. When he picks that up and moves it towards the wall. Yeah. The last, before she runs into it, the camera moves, but the line doesn't. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I never noticed it before because, like I said, it's that minor yeah. a thing. But it's like the minute I saw that, I go, oh, no. I'm never going to be able to unsee this <laughs> now that I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And that's disappointing. I mean, admittedly, it is seeing the tarnish on the perfectly uh, polished bell. Yeah. And it's understandable yeah. that you're not going to catch everything. Right. But it's disappointing to see it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my first dislike. What's your first? You stole my number one. <laughs> I was sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. It's like when you know, two minds think alike. Yeah. Because yeah. we're both looking for stuff. Yes, we are. And yeah, mine was the exact same way with the anime. There were very slight animation problems. Very, very slight. But there again, it's they're going in uncharted waters with this yeah. film. Well, so they're completely uncharted because you got... Uh, like you said earlier, Mary Poppins. Right. You've got Pete's Dragon. That's true. Uh, but the thing was, since they broke, they intentionally broke every rule up until that point yeah. of what to do with a cartoon character interacting with a live person. That is true. To make the movie more believable, mm-hmm. it's eventual they're going to be a problem. Yeah. And admittedly, I still think this is the one that never should have been a problem. Mine was anyway. Yeah. Because it's literally animation on top of animation. Yeah. Because you the uh, on the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. there's a featurette showing uh, the before and after, and it's yeah. the entire Toontown sequence from beginning to end, yeah, including that scene. He's not physically picking up anything when he picks the line up to move it into the wall. Yeah, there's no reason the camera should move. Yeah, but it does, and the animation does not. Yeah, I guess you could call that more. There's more. It's just something that was overlooked. Yeah, just something that was overlooked. And uh, I remember there's one scene where um, uh, Eddie is talking about 
his past and you know the fact that his brother got mm-hmm. killed by a tune when it's zooming in on him be like roger's you know looking but the last few seconds he's literally his face is literally just pulled out of frame yeah i saw that and i was like they actually did that it wasn't be like it literally like the camera moved and his face just literally went yeah pulled out pulled out of frame at least that's better than it just disappearing yeah that's true that's true and uh yeah there again you know have animation problems every once in a while but what can you do yeah every movie's got them so what is your number my two? second dislike i just don't like how they handle this one scene okay in toontown uh he's walking down the alleyway about to f- come up on jessica yeah you can tell he's physically walking down and they did not animate this scene okay it is literally someone uh drew the set yeah on like honest to goodness sets oh yeah yeah, to yeah. Make it look like it's animated yeah but the fact that none of it is right stands out yeah i understand at some point that maybe they just realized they needed a couple seconds they didn't have time to animate this yeah so they may have just drawn you know they may have made these sets real quick just yeah. to make this one scene and i'm looking at it going oh you guys were so close <laughs> you we're so close right but i can tell this this looks like a set on a theater stage yeah i agree I agree with you and on that. And that's disappointing. But yeah, that's my number two. What's yours? My number two would be the scene in which Eddie, Roger, and being the cab are going down the the alleyway away, trying to get away from the police. Mm-hmm. That scene takes forever. And this is a short alleyway. It's a chase scene. It's a chase scene, but they're, it's continually... The, the scene is literally, they keep reusing that. How do you know it's, it's not just a really long alley? Because you can see the end of it. Because <laughs> like, even the director said, be like, yeah, originally we are going to do this and this and this and this. But this was a really long, short alleyway. I just, yeah. it's, it's kind of a nitpick. It's a yeah. nitpick. It's like, it's like, couldn't you have done something else instead of kind of like reusing the shot over and over and over again? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's kind of a very nit nitpick. Yeah. What's your but number three? That that chase sequence. I just want to say this because I yeah. haven't. I didn't mention this in any of my other yeah. stuff. There's a there's a line that occurs in that chase sequence. I just absolutely find hilarious. What is that? After they've pulled the lever and they're you know on stilts. Yes. And Benny says Benny says back to Roger, "Hey Roger, what did he call the middle part of a song? Because I don't know a bridge. bridge. <laughs> it's like because they about to run into a bridge, and I thought." How many people are going to get that joke? Because that's a musical joke. Yes. Most people don't know musical terms. <laughs> and bridge is one of the least well-known musical terms. True. But anyway, that's. I thought that was funny. That is funny. That is very funny. Anyway. What is your number? Th- my third Three. dislike. My third dislike is that. Uh, it's such a very good question. <laughs> it's not perfect. Yeah. This movie gets so close, but it's. Even, there's a lot of. Th- little animation nitpicky things oh yeah we've not mentioned right and when a movie is this close to being good the 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 problems seem to stand out better worse i'm not sure if uh i'm not sure if i if this movie is perfect or if it's just as close as gonna get to me it's a masterpiece right but the fact that it's there are things 
that you can't that aren't hidden very well. Like I said, the uh, that scene with uh, where the camera moves, right? The obviously theatrical set used for the alleyway, right? Uh, the things you've mentioned, yeah. Admittedly, at some point you've got to cut your losses and move on because you can't tweak it to perfection. But I would, I I, I wish the movie was better. Yeah, it's great movie. It's oh yeah, a masterpiece. Yes. I want it to be better. Agreed. Because I just do. It's one of those things where it's like I look at this and go, I wish I didn't see this problem. It could be so much better. But it's still a great movie. Agreed. It's one of my favorites. And yet I look at it and go, Can you just move that a little bit? Can you just fix this one bit? As the fact that I, there were things in the movie I. That's what it comes down to. The fact there's things in the movie I don't like. I don't like. <laughs> you don't like. You don't like. Don't I don't like, like, like that. I don't like parts of this movie because the movie is that good. Yes. It's not perfect. Not by any means. I've seen better made movies. Right. But this movie is. This movie is almost like Wreck It Ralph. For yeah. Me. It's a movie with tons of references that very few people besides me are going to get. Right. Just because this is where my interests lie. And the fact that it's not quite, and honestly, I don't think it's quite as good as Wreck-It Ralph in terms of tightness of script, okay. story, action, all these kind of things. But most of this I gloss over because of how well the movie does what right. it does. Right. And admittedly, I know they couldn't go back because of the way they had to make the movie. They couldn't go back and clean it up. Right. Once it was once it was sent to the animators, there's nothing more they could do with the, that scene. Yeah. It was as done as it was going to get until after the animators got done with it and they couldn't get rid of they couldn't cut anything, otherwise they'd lose all that hard work and animation. Yeah. Hand drawn animation that they had done up to that point. Oh yeah. I recognize all of this. I'm still like <laughs> I want stuff that was different. Yeah. Slightly. Not even big stuff. It's like I tighten that up clean that off make it look a little bit better than yeah. it is and i feel bad that i'm wanting what is a great movie to complain about i hate wanting to complain about things in this movie right and there's i know there's nothing that could be done right but even now at this point because when you look at what we do have holy crap agreed what they were able to do with the technology they had, yes, is amazing. Agreed, completely agree. And I feel guilty. It's like I want it better. Yeah, I want it. Better. There's just so many of these little things. It's like if you just tighten this up, if you just polish this up. If and don't get me wrong, I do not want a remaster, a remake. You know, I don't want a Star Wars style remaster of this yeah. movie. I don't want that at all. I don't want someone going in there and trying to clean up every little thing at this point. Yeah, leave, leave it with flaws leave and all. Leave it with the flaws, because the flaws actually make the good parts, I think, stand out better. Yeah. It's just, a part of me wants it to be better. Yes. And it bugs me that it's never going to be better than it actually already is. And it bugs me that this is the only time we're ever going to get something, even if there is a sequel. Yeah. This is the only time where I'm getting something that this movie is able to do agree because at this point in time the legalism is too much that we'll never get another decent crossover to agreed. this quality to this amount agreed ever again you agreed and that's my number three dislike okay my number three is actually a little more controversial <laughs> 
Okay. What do you have against Jessica Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> Not kidding. It actually involves Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> okay, so to set set up for you, okay, Eddie, Eddie, uh, they they are they're escaping Toontown, and Judge Doom knocks over the, the vat. Eddie be like, not Eddie, the beating of the cab goes through it, spins around, hits the pole, characters go flying, and they all do this 360 move and land. Yeah, like a cartoon. Yes. Despite the fact that Minus, uh, there is the fact that Eddie shouldn't be doing that because he's no longer under cartoon physics since he's no longer in Toontown. Agreed. But in the Blu-ray version, it's edited. But it's edited for a good I'm not gonna say good reason. Yes. It's edited for an understandable yes. reason. Because in the original version, yes. it A first didn't look like she was wearing underwear. Yeah. She wasn't wearing then a pair. They gave her underwear. <laughs> and then they decided to heck with it. We're just gonna cut the sequence entirely. And they cut it. That way no one'll complain yes. anymore yeah. than they already have. Exactly. So yeah, that that's that was basically my number three. It's an annoying thing that that scene is cut because I don't even think that's what the intention of that scene was to show her not having any no. on. No, be like you, you could go with a. Um, it's annoying they went for a panty shot in the first place. Yeah, that's true. But well, technically, we, we'll get another. We get a panty shot earlier in the film with what is it, Baby Herman? Those aren't panties. Those are diapers. No, but he, he looks up. <laughs> Anyway, anyways, I yeah. don't think we see anything. No, we, we don't he see. Sees he plenty. sees, he sees plenty. We don't. But I, I thought I would bring that up. It's what we see that matters, not what they see. Yes, because I, I remember as a kid watching there again on VHS, and it's like, it just spins so fast and be like, I remember so many kids of my age were just be like, you know, what we call slow-mo death cam, because you, mm-hmm. you could slow the footage down, it's just frame by frame by frame by frame, and it's like, oh my gosh, you could see that! Yeah. <laughs> and so, when they came on Blu-ray, they just cut it. So, well, as as annoying as that is, uh-huh. can I just say how amazing the Blu-ray restoration is? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because the other times I've seen this movie, because this was the first time I'd seen the HD restoration. Yes. The animation on top of the live action just did not match Agreed. at all this version is like this this is amazing yes absolutely this is what it looked like in theaters that's awesome yeah anyway yeah that's that's my very small nitpick be like i'm not saying we should you know, leave it in you're not saying the panty shots is still be there no you're just saying you hate that they, they cut the scene I, I just hate that they cut the scene like yeah if they if they had to draw if they had to draw jessica rabbit panties okay they did they had to yes they did for the tv broadcast that's right they did <laughs> that's right be like if you would have just left that in there it'd been fine but they had to go and edit it because there again be like to make everybody happy. It's, well, to some degree, it is the differences between how do you fix this? Yeah, it's lewd. The early '90s versus when was this restoration done? The early 2010s? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, different mindsets on how to handle it. Oh yeah, absolutely. At that time, it's just oh, go ahead and mess with the animation. Who cares? But now it's like, no, you don't mess with the animation. You cut it out before you edit it. Yeah. Before you change agreed. anything. Agreed. And to some degree, I do prefer cut it out before you edit it because at least then the the censorship is not there's not censorship in there. Yeah. In the terms of 
oh, we mess with the animation. Right. It's just here's the scene. Yeah. We had we left. Here's what happens. We go ahead and leave it out, and the audio thankfully doesn't cause an issue with the cut. Yeah. So it's not even noticeable until you go and start reading the trivia if you've never seen the movie before. Yeah. You go, oh, okay, cool. It's yeah. still better than in Little Mermaid, where you can tell where they cut the tower out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's just the cover. <laughs> they, cu- you can tell where it's supposed to be. Yes, I agree. And something is missing. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, all just, I'm saying with that one. Yes. Well, there, there's a lot of different shots in some Disney films. There's like, why is that there? Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> you know, the rescuers. Anyway. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we let's move into our ratings. Yes, um, we we've already gone down a really we, really weird rabbit hole on that one. Yeah. Anyways, we forgot to mention earlier if this was family friendly or not. I think it actually yes. is, despite uh, the smoking and the alcohol use. Yes. Maybe for a little bit slightly older kids. Yeah, I agree with but that. But it's still a great little family movie. I don't think there's really any cussing in it, other there, than like the most mild cuss words. Yeah, and those have been those would have been kind of. Because back in the 80s, because you couldn't have a character, you know, curse. Yeah. But it'd be like, these characters did curse a little bit. But it was never anything worse than, I think, uh, what we hear now. Stuff. What we hear now. Yeah. Walking around. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's it's friendly, friendly. It's got, uh, it's, it, it's, there's a lot of dark humor in here. And oh, a lot of dark humor. A lot of dark humor. And uh, yeah, definitely maybe for older kids. Because I remember as a little kid watching it. I was three years old when I first watched it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely family 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 friendly, and yeah, I'll definitely recommend it for families. Yeah, what would you rate this movie? Um, it's getting a solid nine, solid, solid nine, n- solid nine. Okay, uh, just there again, it's a p, it's a it's a animation live action masterpiece mm-hmm. that will probably. There again, like we said earlier, again and again and again, probably will never be replicated again. But just the the sheer amount of work, effort, and talent they put in this film, you know, animation wise, artistic wise, actor wise in this film mm-hmm. is phenomenal. And direction, script, and the fact that you had all these amazing voice actors come in and play their original characters. Yes. You know, some of them for the last time. Some of them, their last acting credit period. Yes. And that's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal that the creative vision that Semeckis had in this film. Yeah. To bring it together, took them two and a half, three years to make this film. And it is pure gold. Yes, it has flaws. It has flaws. You're going to have flaws in films. Definitely you're talking about hand-celled animation. Mm-hmm. Even 3D animation, we can go to Frozen for that one. For you know that all animation has flaws, right? But we kind of look over those flaws just to see the the pure genius behind it. Mm-hmm. And I love this film. I've loved it since I was three years old. And they're like, yeah, it's a number nine for me. What's for you? I'm giving it a nine point five. Oh, okay. As much as I nitpicked yes. the movie, this is as close to a masterpiece as we're going to get. Oh, I agree. For this sort of thing. Yes. Uh, I almost don't, I almost want to give it a 10. 
And literally, the only reason I'm not giving it a 10 is because yeah. it's, like I said, I want better. I, I agree. hate to say that, but I Yes, I, I understand. It's it's almost a 10. In fact, it's like literally a hair's breadth. Oh, okay. A away. rabbit hair? Yeah, maybe. It's literally a hair's breadth away from being a 10. It's a great movie. It's got great jokes. It's got great uh, animation. Great acting yeah. on the live action side. It's a nearly perfect live action animation crossover movie. Agreed. And it'd probably be the best we get for a long time. Not because I don't think they can do this sort of thing nowadays, but because apparently the writers who do these sent movies nowadays don't know how to write a movie for both kids and adults, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, or yeah. Anyway, it's a great family f- friendly movie, right? It tells a good story. It's a 9.5 simply because as much as I want to give it a 10, I can't quite get it there. All right. So that brings us to the end of our, uh, 20. No, I had this figured up. Hang on just a second. I got to bring it up. Okay. That brings us to the end of our, one first year of movies yes here on the cellcast uh and brings us to where we need to select the next movie however yes we're not reviewing a movie next week no next week we're going to be talking about the animated movies coming out this year in 2020 yes so next week is when we're going to actually do our first roll of the new year yes at, at the end of that but i wanted to go ahead and let people know where we currently stand, since we have not even touched this list since sep- the end of September. Yes. So, Who Framed Roger Rabbit makes our 23rd non-theme month review. Okay. For those who are curious. Uh, back at number 20, if you remember, we rolled to, to shuffle up where we sat on the dice yes and currently i sit at one you are at two three and four okay and i'm on five and six got it our last uh, of the movies we had in that last group one of them had been on the uh dice for six weeks yes and so grew into another spot after we finished with final fantasy the spirits within yes and that movie was Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which is currently sitting at both spot one and four. It was originally at spot four. Yes. Uh, Kung Fu Panda, which was one of yours, uh, is sitting at two. It has had three episodes on the dice. Oliver and Company, another one of yours, has also had three episodes on the dice. The Good Dinosaur, one of mine, only had one episode on the dice. And Wacko's Wish has had two weeks on the dice. And that is currently where we sit. So the next time we roll, which I'll go over this again next week. Right. The the order is Batman Mask of the Phantasm at one, Kung Fu Panda at two, Oliver and Company at three, Batman Mask of the Phantasm again at four, Good Dinosaur at five, and Wacko's Wish at six. All right. So. I think that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. I think so. Our... 
if if you've been listening a while, you'll note that we've moved the outro past this point. So you'll get our contact information in just a couple minutes. But uh, yeah, we just decided to change things up for this next year, make it a little bit easier on the editing side of things. Yeah, and keep me from actually. Uh, tripping over saying the same sentence every week yes <laughs> just streamline a little bit streamlining the process a little bit so look forward to hearing that uh i guess at this point this has been drew this is jacob and we will catch you in the next frame so where can they find you jacob they can find me on facebook at jacob b heron and jacob's daily art corner my personal art facebook page on twitter at jacob b heron on instagram at jacob b heron and on letterbox at jacob heron where can they find you drew uh, you can find me on facebook at drew dodgen you can also find my facebook page at drew's photo bin where i upload uh, my photography you can also follow me on letterbox at g george 759 and twitter at g george 759 where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. Next time on... Join our heroes as they talk about the upcoming movies of 2020, such as Bob's Burgers the Movie, The Croods 2, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, Minions The Rise of Gru, Onward, Phineas and Ferb the Movie, Candace Against the Universe, Raya and the Last Dragon, Scoob, Soul, The SpongeBob Movie, Sponge on the Run, Tom and Jerry, and Trolls World Tour. Man. I can't believe some of these things are getting made.